Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. But uh, I do want to just read two scriptures. One is found in Genesis. You can just remain seated and we'll just move quickly, not because we're in a hurry. But I just want to, there's one passage most specifically in Ecclesiastes where we're going, Ecclesiastes 3. 11, and I'm also going to read in Genesis 2 and 7. But Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 has just kind of been resonating in my heart for several days, and so I've been visiting that passage again and again. But if I may, Genesis 2 and 7, the Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Something very, very significant happens in that seventh verse of chapter 2 in Genesis. This was far more than just creating the birds, far more than creating the cows and the fish. But God formed man himself. He did not speak man into existence as he spoke everything else into existence. But God formed man and then breathed into him into his nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, you know, I feel sorry for people, and I I don't meet them every day, but I do meet a lot of people that really discount the Old Testament, just think that's so irrelevant for today, and I just feel real sorry for people that have uh, a disdain for the Old Testament because there are so many treasure troves of hope and truth that are found there. In the book of Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, one such treasure is found from the pen of Solomon, Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. The Bible says he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work of God, work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. From that, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart. Uh, the New King James Version and in other translations, the word world is translated eternity, that God has set eternity in the heart of man. And so when we look around us today, it's not by accident that we find everywhere you turn this deep-rooted sense, deep-seated sense of restlessness. There's just, a, there's just an, an uneasiness, a restlessness in the heart of of man, I think we see it certainly on display everywhere in our culture. Uh, we may see more contentment in other maybe third world countries or uh, to some degree and, and uh, varying degrees. But in, in the world that we live in, the land of plenty, the land of opportunity, isn't it amazing that we see such restlessness among us that have so much? We have so very, very much, especially if we compare that to the world's population. 
I think this restlessness reveals uh, to us and validates that there is something deep within the soul of man, every man, and that something has been placed there by God and it can only be satisfied by God. There are many ways that we could put that, but just for the sake of being uh, succinct tonight, that something that's been placed there by God can only be satisfied by God. Nothing else, will, nothing else will satisfy. And so when you see people turn to whatever they turn to to try to find hope and happiness, it is just a dead-end street. It's just a cul-de-sac that goes around and around because the only hope we can find, our satisfaction we'll ever find is in God. And so if, if we simply belong to the animal kingdom, we would never be uneasy. And I'm not trying to be bizarre here tonight, but there would be uh, no trouble at all if, if we were a part of the animal kingdom. But the trouble is derived from the fact that God put eternity in the heart of man. Amen. God's, by God's intentional design, there is in us a longing for an everlastingness in God. It's just there in the heart of every person, whether or not we're able to define it as such, it is still there. Amen. And we're dissatisfied with anything less, anything less. I'm going to tell you it's, it's been stated many, many times and, and bears repeating again that once you've ever known the Lord, there is no satisfaction outside of, outside of that. And, and you know what? Probably representative in this house tonight are people that have been in the church and strayed away from God and have come back to God. And you can truly say, you can stand alone, you could put your arm in Solomon's arm and link it together and say, it's just all vanity and vexation of the spirit. There is no hope outside of that. And so why do we, as mankind, fight against one another and strive for preeminence? The answer, I think, is quite simple, and that is the fact that God has buried something deep within the soul of every man and every woman, and that longing is for immortality. Although many may not, uh, or many may understand the scripture that says that it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. Many people know about that scripture, but most people never think it applies to them. Death is for somebody else. That happens down the street, across the road, on the other side of town. And so when death approaches, we often fight against this enemy with everything that's within us, and the reason for that is because in our heart we all have a sense of immortality or we all have eternity. Amen. And so God breathed into man, breathed into Adam, and he became a living soul. Years ago, uh, J.T. Pugh, Brother J.T. Pugh said something that I, I think is certainly worth repeating and most certainly this evening. But Brother Pugh said one time, the reason that death is so hard to reconcile or deal with for man is because man was originally designed to live forever. And so it's hard for us to reconcile not living forever. It's hard for us to reconcile death. It's because God put eternity in our heart. Amen. So what's true, uh, so, but sin, we know that sin, according to Genesis, brought death to man. And so what's true among men is rarely found in the animal kingdom. Nowhere among the creation do you find uh, the sense of corruption, the sense of immorality. If we could just be real plain and just talk about the sense of pure meanness. It's absent in the animal kingdom for the most part. For the most part, 
Animals seem to get along. They just kill only when it's necessary to eat. I know there may be an exception or two in the book, but you get what I'm saying. And so why is it that most animals get along better than people? <laughs> why do they seem to have less trouble? I don't want to just shock you tonight, but how is it that animals seem more moral than men? How is that? Amen. You've heard the phrase probably, or maybe you've even said this, you see someone really just kind of acting the fool and you say, man, that, that man is acting like an animal. But we've never said of an animal, that animal's acting like a man. Because there's an absence, there is a line of demarcation in between these two. No animal has ever been the target of Satan's attack. However, because God put eternity in our heart, man is the target of Satan's attack because he wants to snuff out that relationship between God and man. How is it that people that know nothing about God, they know nothing about church, they've never been to Sunday school, they've never been to a vacation Bible school, but, but they have, there are many, many testimonies. I've met several people in, in the course of my life in ministry who said, I was just walking down the road and, and something, I walked past this building and something moved in my heart and said, what you're looking for is in that building. What you're looking for is right there. Amen, what was that? That was eternity in the heart of man. That was eternity that said, what you're longing for, you've tried everything else, why not try the Lord? And so God, uh, God has placed that there and there's a longing and we can find that a hungry heart will always find satisfaction. The Bible says that God made man in his own image and although man fell through sin, man keeps longing after eternity because it's been placed there by the hand of God. God has assigned Natural responses to everything that he ever created. Natural responses. For example, it's natural for a bird to fly in the air. And so we never see a bird flying and, and are puzzled by that and think, wonder what he's up to. That's just natural response. It's just a natural response. Nothing at all unusual about it. Every living thing has something, a natural attribute about it. In fact, we most often recognize animals by their natural attributes. We're not surprised when a dog barks. We're not surprised when a cat meows. We're not surprised when a cow moves or a rooster crows. That's just the attributes of that animal. And so we're not taken by that. Natural responses. Natural responses. But do you know there are natural responses to mankind as well? Natural responses. God put in him a natural Response, a natural desire. Deep inside the heart of every man are responses that flow from us naturally. They flow from us without, without being prompted. During war times, for example, it's common to hear people say, there's not an atheist. You'll not find an atheist in a foxhole. There's a natural response when the heat is on. There's something that comes out of the heart of man. We know what to do. We know where to turn. And we call upon that name. Simply put, when the pressure is on, amen, and a soldier is reduced to a natural response, man's natural response is to cry out to his creator. Amen. I've, I've watched men pray who didn't know how to pray. They weren't schooled in prayer. They weren't raised in church. They weren't raised around the altar. They didn't know how to respond by watching someone else or by parroting what someone else was doing, but they cried out because there was a natural response. And so we have that, those that have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. The most thing, natural thing for us to do 
is to begin to praise and worship the Lord. Amen. It feels so natural here tonight to just magnify the name of the Lord. <laughs> I've watched people come to church that weren't even really accustomed to our Pentecostal mode of worship. And I've watched them after maybe just a few minutes, maybe they're a little taken off guard at first, but after a while you see that hand start to Amen. I've, I've watched people raise their hand for what appeared to be the very first time. They were almost wanting to look at it themselves. <laughs> there was just a natural response. When they were in an atmosphere that would not prohibit, when they were in an atmosphere that would allow it, amen, someone wanted to raise their voice and wanted to raise their hands and say amen. God put that response there. He put that in our heart. God established this inward excuse me, inward longing for immortality in the heart from the very, very beginning. God breathed into the, into the nostrils of men and he became a living soul to live forever, to live forever. Man was created to soar to the heights of fellowship with God, but sin has done everything within its power to hinder that. We were made to breathe the air of righteousness and if I could just not sound too awfully churchy for you this evening, we were made to breathe the air of everlastingness. There's something permanent about what we're doing here tonight. I understand that in a few moments we're going to turn out the lights of this building, we're going to lock the door, and for all intent and purposes we're going to drive away and this service will be over in our, in our minds. But do you know this service will never end? No, this service will never end. It will ring on and on and on. Why? Because what we're talking about and dealing with tonight are eternal things, eternity, eternity. Amen. In man's revolt against God, he brought upon himself the suffocating cloud that just seems to keep him from being what God desires for him to be. How many feel that? Amen. I, I, I feel that. In, in prayer, you're trying to press through. But there's just this, like the, this cloud or this ceiling that hangs low that stops you from becoming what God wants you to become. Amen. There's something eternal in our heart that tries to push and press through that. Amen. I want to learn how to say no to the enemy and say yes to God. I simply want to learn how to respond to the eternity that God has placed in my heart. Many people have put it different ways. There's a cross-shaped heart or a cross-shaped place or emptiness in the heart of any, every man and nothing but the cross will fill it. We understand that. No matter how you want to word it, I'll just say to you tonight that there is an eternity that's been placed in our heart, a response. And what we've been doing here tonight is not just going through the motions. We haven't just been going through the songs. We're not just trying to X these off of our calendar. But what we felt here tonight as we began to praise and worship God was that eternity in the heart of man reaching out to an eternal God. I'm thankful that I have taken the time to come into this house to magnify his name. Let's stand together. Amen. Aren't you thankful God loves us enough? <laughs> Amen. I want to never allow this to ever be put out never I want to still love him you know a few days ago my wife and I stopped by and we visited uh, Sister Amanda Gibson's grandmother Sister McNatt who's been just a long time friend of the family I think is she 95 or 96 years old something like that 
And uh, her family will often post pictures on Facebook of her, their little walker going into the house of God. Sitting in her living room the other day, she was quoting scriptures just left and right. It's amazing. Talking about the good things of God, the kingdom of God, the work of God. Just can't be stopped. You know why? Because eternity got placed in her heart a long time ago. And life and age and time and circumstances have slowed her steps, but it has not squelched her passion and desire for the eternity that God has put there. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm reaching for. Amen. You can have the old bitterness. You can have the old whatever dreariness. I want to I respect, respect and respond to the eternity that God's placed in our heart. Amen. Can we do that together and just ask the Lord to put this in our heart? I love you today, God, and I thank you for the privilege that you have given us to be here. We don't take this for granted. We don't take this time for granted. We certainly don't take your word for granted. So I ask you tonight, Lord, to let the spirit and the power of your word This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.